Welcome back to Wayland TV News. Caught in the Rain is the first of four brand new songs within the collection to be known as the Desert Demos. Tracking will be finished this week and be sent off to mixing. The original writing demo for Caught in the Rain is currently available only in The Service. The Service is Wayland's all-inclusive membership community where for only $9.99 a month, you will receive 40 unreleased, never-before-heard Wayland songs, a full lyrical database, never-before-seen photos, and two acoustic performances a month you cannot stream anywhere else. The brand new limited edition Wayland and Joshua Tree t-shirt is now available at waylandtheband.com slash merch. Wayland is gearing up for a November 14th Distance in the Desert concert at Landers Brew this November 14th in Landers, California. This has been Alyssa Hoffman with Wayland TV News. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Finding Our Way the official podcast of the band Wayland. Recorded from their desert studio in Joshua Tree, California. This week's guest, filmmaker Kurt Braun. Please give a Wayland warrior welcome to your hosts, Philip Walensky and Mitch Arnold. That's right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Once again, it's another episode of Finding Our Way, the official podcast of the band Wayland. Mitch tried to tried to make this about some other band today. I had to be like, Mitch, oh, really? it's the Wayland podcast. I, I can't get it through my head. No. I, it's it's like, there now. It's there now. You came out of your bedroom this morning, listened to Flock of Seagulls, and you were like, I'm so pumped for the Flock of Seagulls podcast. I said, no, Mitch, it's Wayland. I've I've got it now. You sure? Yes. Are the you on board? Has, uh, absolutely. I mean, 100%. I have dedicated the last 20 years of my life to staying on the same page with you. I'm excited about Flock of Seagulls. And you come out of the bedroom every morning with a different a different mindset. And we have to readjust and realign. Yeah. And today it was it Flock is. of Seagulls. Yep. Yep. But we're back. We are. And we've got a friend with us today. Uh, a new friend. Uh, how do, uh, let's just bring him on in. Ladies and gentlemen... Please welcome the director of the No More Music Video. The one and only. Kurt Braun. How are you guys doing? Always good hanging out with you. Welcome to the Desert Studio. Welcome yeah. back. It you is. Actually, we shot actually part done, of the, yeah. You've been here. part of the video here. We have proof that you've been here before. Right. Absolutely. I don't know if you know this, but we actually are putting out the behind the scenes uh, little five minute thing of all this stuff. Very good. Yeah. Very good. And you're in it a lot. Well, I, I mean, I, I, you know, directing it, I would hope I'd be in it. You're a lot. swearing in it a lot. I, I have there a tendency to use yeah. very colorful metaphors at certain points of time. You, do you always swear when you direct? Uh, nah, not always, but, uh, you know, certain points of time, it, it doesn't matter directing or not. I mean, you just like, sometimes you just like swearing. <clears throat> Well, I'm, I'm, you know, there's You're, proper, you know, words for proper emotional expression, and that's the way that that's is. That's a great way to put it. I'm going to use that the next time that somebody is offended by what I said. About there's proper, you, can we go over that again? Yeah, there's yeah, proper so, words for proper emotional expression. 
That's right. Exactly. Sometimes you got to use a little color. You got absolutely. You know, I mean, if not, you know, I I stub my toe is just not. I fucking stub my toe. Right. Right. It's not the same. You're it's right. not the same. You're it's right. it's like I have uh, you know sugar on my Cheerios. I hate fucking sugar on my Cheerios. Way different. And I'm not going to put sugar on your Cheerios. No. Okay. <laughs> now, what's what's great, just for all of our listeners out there for the Whalen Warriors, the we connected with Kurt. We met you here in the desert. We just moved here in July, so we haven't met, we haven't known you very long. Yeah. No, not really. But you know, sometimes you meet people, and it's like. You know, there, there's, the, there's the whole, gee, was it another life or something? You, you just no, connect. You yeah, just I, connect. I have to say, it feels like we've known each other for a lot longer. It feels totally. like we've been yes. working together for a lot longer. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, you're the first person from Michigan that we've met in Joshua Tree. You're kidding, really? Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah well, you and your brother. That was, that was one of the things that, uh, uh, you know, was sort of an immediate, oh, you're from Michigan. You guys yeah. got to be okay. Yeah. You know? I mean, we, I, I, I've there's I, a lot of people. Uh, I always say, uh, I always meet a lot of people from Michigan. You we know? do, too, especially in California. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in Los Angeles, especially. But we haven't really met a lot of people from Michigan in Joshua Tree. No, I, I can't say there's... I can't say I've met a lot. And then when we found out that you had a Verner's tattoo, <laughs> I mean, and you were a Euchre champion, it just like, it got deeper and deeper. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know those things. And uh, the only thing <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not really a deer hunter. My brother is, you know. Um, the only you know deer I've killed is with vehicles on the you know ninety four. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. David, David is a deer hunter. Your yeah, Dave's David. a deer hunter. Yeah, yeah, Dave's a deer hunter. I'm, I, I can't say I, you know, I just tromping around out in the woods. I like tromping around out in the woods. I've yeah. never, but been doing a it quietly with the intent of shooting something just doesn't appeal to me. Me either. Uh, me three. I, I'm not. I don't have anything against it. Um, no, I'll let, my, I'll my let the hunters be hunters. I'm not. I'm not really one of those I have people. Nothing against them. I mean, you realize that uh, if you took all the deer hunters in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Ohio, you would have the third largest armed uh, group of people in the world. That's incredible. Third to who? Third to any other army. Wow. Yeah. That is insane. That is. That is. Where did you find that statistic? I don't know. I'm, Did you I'm, make that up? I, no, no. I, I just, okay. I, I it sounds up, like something you just made up. I pick up little bits of trivia. We know you're a creative way. guy. You know, okay. yeah. Well, you got it. You know, yeah. Well, you know, that sort of stuff is your ammunition, right? No, my my family and friends. I mean, I come from from that. Like all my family hunts, all my friends in high school hunted and stuff. And I respect the sportsmanship. I respect the tradition. And then when we lived in that farmhouse in Hopkins, Michigan, we literally survived. See, when we first we first got signed. Um, we moved from L.A. to Michigan, basically put our record out on our own from a farmhouse in Michigan after living yeah. in L.A. for nine years. I don't know if we told you that. But um, when we got there, the community wrapped up around us, and we lived on venison that whole winter. That, yeah, oh, yeah. A freezer full of it. Yeah, yep. people brought oh, yeah. over so much deer meat. 
Oh yeah, we got pretty creative. I mean, we made chili, yeah, spaghetti I was say, sauce, a lot of chili, a lot of spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Well, I graduated from Iron Mountain, Michigan, and I, you know, for uh, you know protection of the innocent, I'm not going to mention any names, but there was a friend of mine out there whose uh, father owned a construction company, and we actually went out and attempted, uh, under the influence of a lot of alcohol and other things, um, attempted uh, blowing up deer. We, what? We, 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 yeah, it was this thing he liked to do. He'd plant blasting caps in some trees and then put, you know, throw some carrots down and you wait for the deer to come along. And then you blow up the trees, and in, 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 between the shock of the blasting caps and the trees falling on them, that's how he like to hunt deer and that we, is we, some we bored michiganders uh, yeah well especially up north i mean you know yeah. god's country nobody else will have it um <laughs> you know it's uh, and, and we didn't we didn't get any deer that night but we it was fun blowing up trees i'm glad no deer were hurt uh, right in but... the making of this podcast <laughs> right <laughs> so that's a crazy way to hunt that's why so i know yeah. you've told me some just a just a jump from yeah. being in Michigan into your film career, because that's mm. really how. So our conversation the first night we met you at this party went from oh we're from Michigan oh what do you do you make films right and us being a band we love to meet other artists that are doing things where we can collaborate that's something right. that we I mean not only do we love it we live on it and and everybody wins when there's a harmonious thing that happens right. It's to me one of the best collaborations in the world. Yeah, whether that be a, a, an artist that's drawing something, or you know, um, musicians that get together, or you know what what you do with with film. That's just that's awesome. Yeah, and and film is such a collective art form. Uh, you started telling us now. Obviously, you've made some music videos in your day because that's what mm-hmm. we were talking about. But you had some pretty wild stories of some other things that you've shot. Well, yeah, okay, I mean, I cut a short story sideways, you know, I went from living in Lansing, Michigan, to uh, being accepted to go to London International uh, Film Lansing, School. Michigan, we gotta give a shout out to Q106. Oh, yeah. Scary Terry yeah. Stevens out there. Scary Q106. Terry. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, is, I mean, is, is Rick's American Cafe still around there? No, nah, I don't think so. No, no, we used to play a, a dive bar there called Uli's. House of Rock yeah, that was connected to a, yeah. a weed store before weed was legal. Yeah. Wow. So the whole place stunk like pot. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you how far back in Lansing I go is the Silver Dollar Saloon. Mm. Yeah, that was obviously <laughs> way I mean, before your time. Yeah. I mean, we've played in Lansing. I okay. can't say that we've like yeah. spent a lot of yeah. Time no. running around Lansing. The Silver Dollar Saloon was a B circuit. Aerosmith played there. Wow! No way. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It was it so was, they'd hit it they'd terrific. hit a place like that in between Detroit and yeah. Grand yeah. Rapids or something. Yeah, sure. it was a, a terrific place. Terrific place. And um, and uh, so I, I I was in Lansing and I went to uh, Lansing Community College for a while there. Then I got accepted to London International Film School. And uh, you say London, London, England. Is that where you, did you go to London? I lived there for two years. 
Um, up in Archway on uh, the Vomit Comet, the Northern Line. It was, uh, you know, Mitch that was a great experience. Mitch Love and I it. wrote our first batch of songs uh, in and around London. Yeah, we did. Really? We were on a UK mm-hmm. tour with a performance yeah. company called The Young Americans. And okay. and they were doing like Broadway kind of stuff and teaching kids music all over the world. All right. And I specifically remember a day off in London and that we could not wait. We were like on this charter bus with the whole tour cast. It was like 30 right. kids. Um and we could not wait for those bus doors to open on a day off. And Mitch and I would run with our acoustics and get to a pub, find one of those little back alley pubs, yeah. and set up in the back corner with just him and I and our acoustics and some beers at 9 in the morning and start writing songs. Yep. Yeah. We would sit there and drink beer and write songs all day yeah. and then go have adventures in the afternoon when we couldn't see straight, you know. Did you ever do any busking out on the... Uh... Oh yeah, trip. yes yeah, we absolutely. did. There's pictures yeah. of us playing mm-hmm. in London yeah. on the streets. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I've, I've I've done that too. I I well, you guys also know that I'm I'm musician. Yeah. I'm, as well, and as a matter of fact, last year I, I played in uh, uh, Norway, Italy, London, Ireland. Um, but getting back around. Uh, no ADD here, but let's get off that tangent, and we'll go back to... <laughs> We're not going to stay on the straight line no, here, I okay. promise you that. That's it's all right. Yeah, right, yeah. So, um, yeah, but then I ended up uh, meeting a woman there, whom I later married, and uh, was in Istanbul, Turkey, for two and a half years, and uh, lived there. And wow. uh, that was like the Wild West. It was amazing. Was it? Oh, yeah, it was, it was terrific, uh, and uh, worked in the film business there. Um, is there a big film business in Turkey? It is bigger now than when I was there. This was like in the mid-90s, and uh, they were just kind of getting going. Um, the uh, You know, there's, there's Turkish radio and television. It was the government TV. They were just getting stations that were broadcasting in from other countries and so all of a sudden there was this boom and i I mean you you would you would work for different television stations what's really interesting is that each you wouldn't do as a band or a musician you would not do a music video and release it to the different companies each different tv station would call you in and you would do a music video with them so you could have oh. the same song, and you could have you know five different music videos but with their production team. With their production team, which when the time I arrived there, it wasn't very creative at all. I mean, pretty much it was like put the band on a stage in front of a green screen, blue screen, whatever, and you'd have three cameras, and they'd shoot three different size shots of you. Then they'd run you through the song again. You'd have six shots, and that's it. Cut it together and call it a music video. Uh, it, was, it was, yeah, and, and so we. Um, the that one, sounds like all the music videos that we've ever made. Yeah, very similar. <laughs> well, <laughs> very similar. We were actually uh, my fiance at the time and I, and she was, you know, I met her at London International Film School. Her and I were actually the first two people to create a music video for a Turkish band. The band was called Vitamin. Um, or no, 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 no. Real health nuts. Or like after vitamin? Yeah. Vitamin. But it's pronounced vitamin. 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 But it's, yeah. It's, it's oh, yeah, we've heard, that. we've heard that. We've heard that before. Right. Mm-hmm. And we also did, uh, uh, um, uh, one for, actually, no, the first one was for a, a band called Blutsulizuk uh, Ozleme. 
And catchy name. Uh, yeah. yeah. It Ooh. means something like the clouds have disappeared. Oh, and, wow. Um, That's cool. And um, we were the first band to ever use, we were the first video to ever use art direction in a music video for a Turkish band. Wow. So, and all of a sudden. So, if we looked that up, like, who's the, who's the first person to use art direction in a video for a Turkish band? Your name comes up? If they ever gave us credit for it, yeah. Oh, you're right, okay. But that's not something, I don't know if it'd be on the net or not. <laughs> I'm just you know, I mean, if you want to fact check it, you know, <laughs> I'll give you my hey, ex-wife's name. You know that we believe everything you say. <laughs> Even the blatant lies. I, 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 don't, I don't know you well enough to lie to you. Um, <laughs> don't care enough <laughs> to lie to you. Point. That's a great point. So, um, What a crazy experience to be in the, like, to be watching the film industry uh, things that you've known about for years just hitting an area. Like, well, why wouldn't we do it like this? Why wouldn't we? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I gotta say, I've, 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 I've partnered up with people and we've, we've been, uh, we've been either, you know, five years ahead of our time or five years behind, honestly. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. We, uh, I, I had a failed, uh, 360 degree social media company about six years ago that basically uh, called Crystal Visions and basically what we were attempting to set up and do back then we were using Google Hangouts and stuff and it's basically what is going on these days with the Zoom and everything Mm -hmm. where we were promoting the idea of very interactive uh communication for whatever purpose it would be with musical artists well we, uh, who were your clients well no we were we were we were interested in anybody that would pay us something mm-hmm. you know i mean the first business of business is to make money and uh you know uh we we were and we could not seem to get anybody on board and now it's, Isn't that it's basically it's timing, right? within the yeah within the last six months it's it, this is it's it's become commonplace. Yeah, you know, right. Um, so it, it, you know, it's like, well, hey, I missed the boat there, didn't we? Huh? Oh well, <laughs> you know. Um, it's funny how that is. It, it is timing. Yes, I mean, I, it is, especially now because things are moving so fast. You know, mm. technologically and all. Well, and I no think, one has a choice. Yes. But to, uh, like like then, Kurt, like five, six years ago, uh, you know, you ask a, a rock star if they want to hop on and be live on the internet every night for their fans, and they would probably say, I would choose to do something different. Yeah. Now they have they have no choice because there's no choice. shows. Right, right. So, right, exactly, yeah. You know, they take live and, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's... Uh, understandable what um i know as we uh do our add podcast here jumping back in over to europe uh i uh i ended up uh it's funny that i was in turkey because of the fact that late i I had a production company over there working in the tourism industry and it went down the tubes uh because of the kurdish uh pkk bombing certain sites certain tourism sites and the whole industry went down wow and um and so is that what caused you to eventually leave turkey yeah yeah 
Because there was left. no more of that. No no more music videos. It's just I wasn't having a good time there anymore. Yeah, things <laughs> got know, weird. I wasn't huh? able to make any money. I wasn't, you know, and yeah. You know, the country uh, was at war. Yeah, well, it's it's been that way for some time, and they've never called it a war. It's all police action, you know. I mean, it's... Uh, it's but basically a civil war. Is that... Well, you can't call... Well, yeah, I don't know if you can call it civil even... Because it's it, it was the Kurds versus the Turks. Mm, okay. So, you know, if they all at one point of time were under the same banner, then it would be a civil war, but they never were. Right. You know? And what's funny Did- is years later, I ended up meeting a um, friend of mine, Jesus, down in San Diego when I was living there, and... He went over to Iraq to shoot a documentary, was there for a couple of years, got involved with the Kurdish government, calls me up and says, hey, I've got a feature film to shoot, and I want you over here. As a result, I've been over there and shot four feature films in Kurdistan. Crazy. I've never even heard of Kurdistan. Yeah, I, I can't say I have either. Yeah, um, well, some people will actually claim it's a country, some people won't, but it's uh, it's funny because the Kurdish area, they've been there longer than anybody else. Wow. You know, the, you know, it's, you know check your history. The Turks, it's, it's, the Turks have a great affinity with us Americans because of the fact that, like, you know, we were Europeans that came over here, and it's like, wow, we're now Americans. Uh, the Turks are originally from the uh, foothills of the Himalayas, where it's Turkmenistan and everything. And the area that is known as Turkey is not where they are actually originally from. Oh. But um, they, um, they, uh, they. I've 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 lived over there. Uh, I've shot four feature films over there, which again, not by any uh, purposeful uh, intent of mine. Uh, I've I've done five feature films and they've all been war films. I didn't mean it. But it's interesting. Yeah. So I mean, you you set out you set out in life just literally. I want to make film and kind of let it lead the way. No. No. <laughs> I'm just trying it's, to figure out how okay, how it all happened. Yeah, the, 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 well, because you didn't say no. I'm only shooting ballet films because that's my passion. You know, right, or whatever. Nah, nah, First of all, I, to start off, I'm really curious, Kurt. What got you into film? Like, what what movie did you see? What what inspired you to make um, the art of film? To get into movies like that? Okay. Well. All right. First off, uh, I would say the one thing that is the uh, the independent. I would say my biggest influence is the independent uh, filmmakers of the 80s. Jim Jarmusch, John Sayles, uh, some of these people, Vim Vendors. Uh, those are my major influences. And, um, and I didn't even, when I was enjoying them, I wasn't even thinking of going into film. I was actually, you know, being a bit of a juvenile delinquent at an older age in Detroit area. And, uh, you know, had, uh, had a problem with a lot of uh, powdered substances, etc. Eventually hit a bottom on that and decided, you know, change my life. And um, so I ended up uh, going back to school. And then I hit a point where it was a choice of, you know, I was studying at Lansing Community College uh, 
uh, uh, studying radio and television, and I had to make a choice, go into audio and music or go into film and television. And I knew a lot of starving musicians at the time. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. Absolutely, yeah. So I decided, well, my chances would be better maybe go to video and film. So I became a starving filmmaker instead, <laughs> you know. Still um, less starving than if you would have been a musician, probably. I, you know, <laughs> it's such a double-edged sword because in, in one way, well, not really, I mean... You know, if if you look at the amount of paying jobs that are available in uh, behind the scenes in media versus the amount of people who are able to do the job, the uh, ratio of the amount of people able in the minor leagues of baseball to get into the major leagues your odds ratio is actually better. Mm. There, there's so many people who can pick up a camera and do something creative. There's only so many people that can, you know, hit a, you know, uh, 278 average. Right. Yeah. And That makes sense. You know, and, um, and, uh, and then, you know, I was also this, I was doing this during a time when um, there was... There was a lot of technical uh, advancements, and there's part of me that wishes, you know, 20 years ago, I would have went into music, because I mean, you guys can produce an album on relatively the uh, the price tag is less than to produce a feature film. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, just because, you know, we built this studio that we're in now, and yeah. we're making a record in here. We, right. re- we recently right. decided that. We thought yep. we were going to make some demos, mm-hmm. but it's sounding so good that we decided we are making a record. Now, right. just like we're doing that, and we could be doing this for $5,000 a song in a studio in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. but we're doing it here. Can you... Can anybody? Well, I think they're doing it. Like, how does that compare with like the making of uh, a movie on your iPhone? I guess is what I'm okay, getting Okay, compared to making a movie on the iPhone versus making it on a giant camera in a studio or something. I don't know. Look, the two of you, if you're doing your own engineering, it takes the two of you, right? Yes. Right. Um, I I would need at least. You know, if I made if if I made a film about one person in the room, I would need at least, you know, myself, the person in the room, a sound man, uh, a lighting person, maybe. Uh, you, you know, this. And the, you're talking bare bones, just what you just need bare, to make a quality product. To, exactly. Right. And the thing is that, first of all, I don't know, you know, you would also have to, I would have to be an absolutely brilliant script writer in order to make an interesting film about one person in the room. Right. That would sustain over 90 minutes. So let me. And that's the other thing there. Okay. Let's do the math here. You can do yourself an album and um, how many songs would be in a 90 minute album? Uh, 90 minutes. 90 I mean, minutes. Probably about 15. That's a lot, yeah. That's yeah. a lot. That's mm-hmm. a lot. Okay. But to really do a, f- a film, that's kind of what you're looking at. 
90 yeah. minutes. So, you know, it, it's a matter of the math thing that, and, and it takes, you know, filming is such a collective art form. And it's, it's so technical, the yeah. filming part. And so one thing that I have to say that I've been really um, just, it, it just really surprised me and I've been uh, so impressed by you is from the second we met you is not, I, I don't really, I don't know about the technical side of film very much. And you made that all happen with our video. But the first thing you did is you got really creative. You came up with the entire, like just uh, just as far as our No More video. Mm-hmm. You came up with not only the whole storyline, actually you came up with the whole storyline while we were standing in front of you. Uh, <laughs> when we had just met at a party in the driveway. Hadn't even been into the party. Right. And we told you about the cause. We told you about the song. Uh, and you came up with an entire thing right there. You went home and refined it. And called us the next day with something even better, but that's a whole different side of filmmaking because that's that's not running a camera or, or booking the lighting guy. Like that's that's a creative. That's where it has to start, right? It's a great creative idea. Yeah, and I, I you know, I, I'm I'm very you know okay. Look, the the video we made had to have the song you guys wrote. To me, it had to have a narrative. Yeah, it had to. There's, to me, no two ways about it. If we did that video and it was nothing more but eye candy, it, it, would not, it wouldn't be the same thing. It wouldn't have translated and it wouldn't be having the effect that it's having right well, now as people are Yeah, are No, it couldn't it. just be the band playing in the yes. desert. Like, that wouldn't get get the song across. That's not what that song's about. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. It, it's not It's not like, you know, something uh, done by Ace of Bass um, back in the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, I saw those guys in concert in Istanbul, Turkey. Really? Oh, <laughs> really. <laughs> do they do Everybody Dance now? No, and it was all playback. I saw the sun. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. They weren't even singing? It was like... No, no, they were singing, but... But it was just a track. No music, just backup tracks. Yeah, that's pretty common in in pop music. Yeah, yeah. Especially then. Well, it was... was, Okay, pardon my ADD, but I'll tell you, it was amazing the music situation over in Istanbul because it became a second stop for a lot of places that uh, be these touring artists would be. I mean, I, see, I saw Madonna there. I saw Michael Jackson there. Wow. I saw James Brown there. Incredible. <laughs> in Istanbul, wow. Turkey. That's incredible. You know, so Sting, kind of, kind of Elton a John, Guns N' Roses. So, oh, so between Europe and Asia? Is that and yeah, when they would, yeah, it's it's kind of well, you know, his temple's on both Europe and Asia. Mm-hmm. It's you know, boom, right there. It's it's the bridge, and um, but uh, yeah, okay. So um, <laughs> one of the, one of the things that really impressed me, about, uh, one of the things that like that really impressed me watching you as a filmmaker with the state of what we're in as far yeah. as like COVID and the restrictions and all that kind of stuff. And just what we are working with on a budget wise, I watched this story <clears throat> kind of evolve right before our eyes where you had these ideas that we weren't able to complete without a big, a larger crew. That could have gone one or two ways. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Basically great to meet you. You're a film guy. You're super passionate about our song and the story. 
oh, cool, we haven't played a show in months and have zero budget for a film. Um, hey, guess, hey, Kurt, there'll be some stuff that we can pay, that we can uh, set some budget for uh, down the road. You know, we can work together, which I know you've heard mm-hmm. a few times from people, right? Yeah, yeah. I, my, my usual response to most people, and, you know, thank God you're from Michigan, um, is uh, what makes you think I'm going to work with you again? <laughs> no, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but seeing, watching you, I don't know, uh, just adjust to what we had available and what mm-hmm. the world was presenting to have available for us to use, th- that was pretty impressive. And there was a few times that we were all brainstorming, and right there in front of us, you took seemingly a problem, and we made a solution instantaneously. And it was pretty seamless as far as filming Gorilla style, super quick, basically a day and a half, two days filming. That's pretty rare in in whether you're recording an album or whether you're making a film. Yeah, well, you know, some you know problems do one thing to you; the other kick you in the ass, and they send you on your way, or else they create an opportunity. One of the two, right? You know, and. Um, and I, you know, I, we, I mean, my God, how many, how many actresses did we go through? I, it was very hard to find an actress. It, it was, I think we went through four or five yeah. before. Because, you know, of, we got because somebody of COVID who was available. Because and, of, right, yeah. exactly. Um, Which we are so thankful that Bea stepped up to, to help us out. We're she actually, was we're, terrific. Oh, she was Above amazing. And beyond, man. She looks, yeah. And yeah. All the actors. Wim yeah. was incredible. Mm-hmm. And you got a great crew of, of loving people. that And everybody Mark was there Fitz, for the cause. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Fitzgerald. Uh, you know, shout out to him. He, I had actually worked. I had met Mark in, uh, he's from California here. And I had not met him till. um he arrived in Arkansas two years ago. I ended up directing a feature film, my fifth war film. Um, this one is uh, it's called Love and Country, and it is actually a Vietnam war film. Mm. And I had no idea until then that there's rice paddies in Arkansas. Um, that's how we ended up shooting there. Oh, because they needed something close. It, right. It, looked, it, it apparently, it looks like Vietnam. Wow. Yeah. And never I definitely would have never guessed, for uh, sure. Uh, right. That Arkansas looks like Vietnam. And, uh, yeah, so we, uh, I met Mark there, and uh, he, um, he had come in, uh, he was, like, uh, real green behind the ears as far as filmmaking goes, and he just was one of these people, stepped up to the plate, had the ability to uh, uh, recognize a problem, deal with it, uh, you know, define what it is, and find an answer. Um, you know, lateral thinking, everything is not just what it is. It's also something else, you know. I mean, we had, we had, we had, to, we had this one scene where you have this burnt-out field that had just been napalmed and everything, and we're supposed to have a dead dog there that's been well, burnt up by napalm and everything. It's, it's cool. We're not going to let Charlie listen to this. So. Right. Uh, yeah. And um, and uh, we ended up with uh, creating this thing out of old pieces of carpet and, and blanket and forming it, and it looks like a dead dog. 
Well, I bet on a on a film set <laughs> when someone is like you just described thinking because I know at a, at a rock and roll show when there's a crew member or a band member that is when everybody else is is like you said focusing on the problems or or limited thinking when someone is doing anything they can to think out of the box to create solutions that person really shines in that environment. Yeah, yeah. And that's Mark, huh? Which Mark, is why you Mark thought of him. Mark was very much, to work with. very much so. Mark was yeah. there, and he's very personable. And he he also seemed to know everybody. Uh, Wim, who uh, uh, played the uh, you know, sugar daddy pimp guy. Uh, For all of our Mark listeners out him. there, if you if you're not familiar with Wim, it's W I I M, and on Instagram he's Wim the musician. Wim the musician, check him out, man. He also he has his own clothing line. Really? Yeah, he seems like a busy guy. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's very, very, very industrious guy. Very nice personality, too. Uh, really loved working with him. Uh, I mean, from the very first phone conversation. Cool. Absolutely. He was, he was just like, he was right, spot on. And, um, but and you did all this in, what, two days, I think? of sh- One main day of shooting and then a little backup day. Um. No, we, 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 well, no, we, we had. Oh, you uh, did go to Orange County. We, we, so the yeah, third we had day. three days of shooting. That's right. Um, three days of shooting on this. And, uh, well, you know, <laughs> four days, if you want to pick up the 15 minutes, I ca- <laughs> come over and pick I up. I don't really that. count that. Yeah, 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 oh, you yeah, reshot yeah, Mitch's a, pants, right? Really <laughs> short. Yeah, we, we, we shot the phone, you know. That's right. Yeah. Um. Actually, also shout out to the uh, San, Bertini, uh, San Bernardino Police Department. They allowed us to use a uh, a snap from their web page um, that was on uh, displayed a missing missing person. Displayed missing persons. Mm-hmm. I was going to yeah. ask you. Um, I think that this is. I think it's why a lot it has a lot to do with why you got so passionate about the whole thing. But was your whole crew, as well as the the police department, was it the cause that was leading this thing that that kind of put everybody's stuff aside to come together and do this? Um, I think it had something to do with it. I think it it. it I or did all these people it, just owe you money? No, no. Um. Okay, not to pat myself too hard on the back. Mark was like, "Dude, I just want to work with you again." Um, and that's amazing. And, um, that's that's so that's really cool. cool. And uh, and I and I have a great appreciation of Mark's abilities, and I will work with him plenty of times again. In I mean, the when future. it comes to com- when it comes to the artistic community that we all live in, uh, relationships are more valuable than currency a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, everything in the world has price and value. You decide which you're going to spend and which you're, which, what's going to be more important to you, you know. It's a great way um, to put it. And, uh, and price is not always the same of value, as value. And price, uh, price is very something that's, uh, to me, perceived. I mean, an uh, air conditioning unit in Alaska is not worth the same thing as it is in Hawaii. You know? right. <laughs> so, uh, that's a great point. Great point. <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, I think I, I, one of the things that really attracted me after hearing the song and everything was the fact that this song needed a narrative. And um, and I don't, 
get that much these days. You know, you, you know, you go through the advent of MTV and everything uh, of the history of what music videos are, and you know, during the beginning, you had you, you had a lot of people coming from Hollywood, wherever, making these music videos, and they all of a sudden they're all making little stories. Mm-hmm. You know, you go back to the music videos of the 80s and I swear you know that's what it, they were either a performance video or they were some sort of little story and uh, then people kind of got sick of that and then it became eye candy mm-hmm. you know look at most right. of the stuff in the 90s it's like you know how many videos in the '90s were a bunch of like really cool images that had nothing to do with the damn song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? You're exactly right. right. Yeah, and I think we're you know, uh, are we coming around full circle again? I don't know. Art you know. always does. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it does, and I, I mean, and the thing is that to me, that's what. Uh, you know, that's to me what uh, I, I I love that because I, I you know, and, uh, you know, on my gravestone I hope that they say you know, uh, you know, he could tell a good story. <laughs> you know, that's that's, really that'd cool. be good. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it kind of comes full circle from what we talked about in the very beginning is is the collaboration of of you know our 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 art inspiring your art working yeah. together to make this happen. Well, yeah, and, and the thing is, you know, okay, let, let's go even further back. Was, you know, let's, you know, what, what was the separation? Uh, my art has to, if you, you know, before you had the pictures actually moving, you only had the pictures that were still, so you have photography. Before that, you had the painter. That was it. Yeah. But then you guys always had the traveling minstrels, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yes. playing for the kings, playing, playing for the queens, uh, exactly. Playing you know. for the the soldiers, <clears throat> playing in the. And pub, Mitch is kind uh, of in the middle because he does juggle as well. Yes, right. Yes, so it's a whole separate avenue. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. You do I, well. Why the fuck didn't we get that in there? I don't know. I don't it know. It wasn't really so, appropriate. It wasn't appropriate. It's no. not. Right, Maybe no. the next video. And I'm out of practice. I gotta right. admit, I'm out of practice. Really? Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I could pick up a few oranges. You used to juggle all yeah, the time. Dude, if we do all it, the if time. We, I mean, at, at parties and stuff. Yeah, it'd be like a shit. trick you would yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, if things got orange, lame. It's like, yeah. hey, well, Mitch can juggle. Mitch can uh, juggle. If we do a video and Mitch juggles in it, it ain't gonna be oranges. It ain't gonna be cats. And it ain't gonna be chainsaws. It well, first will of all, be I'm glad something it's not interesting. Be okay. <laughs> yeah. But it w- it'll definitely have to be something interesting. Will it be on fire? If we care hopefully. to, hopefully, okay. Oh, okay. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, you know. Okay. Hey, I'm, yeah. so you're I'm looking, you're to, looking to put some practice in. Yeah. yeah. We, can, we got some. I've got some fire twirlers out here too. Yes. Yeah, we know. So a few. we can do that. We need yeah. A couple. I mean, if, if you're looking for fire yeah. twirlers, the desert's a place to yeah, go. Yeah, it's true. Our Isn't friend Vienna, she's yeah. a fire twirler. Brianna, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's terrific. She's right? awesome. Yeah, she is terrific. She's a, yeah. Super cool. Yeah. This, you know, and that's, you know, we're okay. We're. You know, so glad to see you guys out here in the desert. We just, we love it more every day. We love, we love this place. It. And it's, it's amazing. It's inspiring. 
And the thing that, you know, we always go back to, yes, it is beautiful, um, it's it's spacious, and we love that, but more than anything, we love the community that we've come into yeah. of artists. Uh, it's yeah. just, it's unbelievable for us. It's exactly what we needed after being on the road for so long mm-hmm. and being in that little bus for, you know, eight years, going around the country. This That was mm. a totally different s- situation. Um and this, we just needed the support of a community, and we needed to be part of something like this. It's, it's. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, Oisa said she uh, when when on on that night that we first met up there, at JT Saloon. She said something that is I I just absolutely hope and aspire this place to. And she was like, "This is going to become the Laurel Canyon of this age." Oh yeah, and it quickly is. It is. Yeah. It it is. <clears throat> and okay, well, I I ended up out here because of a uh, TV project that uh, went down the tubes, and I stayed. Okay, and I one of the things that kept me out here was the fact that you know you could play open mics six days a week between here and Palm Springs. And there wasn't this pretentiousness that I felt whenever going into in LA. LA. No, okay. there's a freedom. There's a it's it's like in LA you know, it's it's encouraged to be unique. it's encouraged to be yeah. weird. Yeah. Like that's allowed and it's okay. And the weirder yeah. the better. Well, yeah, the weirder the better, but then you can also do, you know, I mean, you've got, I'll tell you what, you've got some really great, hot musicians out here, great players, that it doesn't matter what era of music you want, they, they can nail it, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then you've got variations of that, like, you know, uh, Jessica Von Rabbit, she is in her own right, um, terrific musician and artist on her own that you can't compare to anything else. You've got uh, Hammer of the Oz, which is, you know, the, the metal influence out mm-hmm. here. Um, Tootie My Own Horn, Blacksmith Brown, my stage name. You know, I'm, I'm more like Bob Dylan with a cold that's sort of like somewhere in the uh, folk rock Americana genre. <sighs> You know, so cool. uh, you know, you've got uh, you've got so many talented musicians out here, and um, it's it, and and it's and, and it's been now. Uh, who is it? Um, the uh, who's you've got a lot of retired musicians out here. Uh, you know, the uh, the guys from the Animals are out here. I've, I've been on stage with uh, the drummer from uh, the Animals. Uh, well, my, Eric Burden had a house Eric out Burden here. Eric Burden was out singer, here. Yeah. Uh, Graham Parsons retired here, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> okay, you want to hear the Graham Parsons story? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we're actually um, uh, September 19th. My birthday. <laughs> One of the greatest days of the year. Greatest days. The first time we met, we had that discussion. Um, I was up at uh, his room up here where he uh, where he passed on uh, Joshua Tree Inn, Um, 
on on his birth on you know the anniversary of that and uh Graham Parsons was out here yeah there's you know the uh uh queens of the stone age are from here there's mm-hmm. a you know who who's who's uh Billy Gibbons was most recently out here hanging out he's yeah yeah he's they, they're making a, a record out here yep. and uh Matt Sorum has a studio uh, out here exactly there's a ton of a-list celebrities and musicians, as well as the kind of bohemian desert community of musicians, exactly. it's, and everywhere in between. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's what we just absolutely love. And it's, everyone is totally motivated in the vein of collaboration versus competition. Yep. Yeah. And we just love that the supportiveness around. You know, you had a show a couple weeks ago. We came up and got on stage and did a couple yep. songs. Mitch and I. Yeah. Um, and whatever. It's just it's just cool that way. It it, it is. It's it's so so cool cool that way there is no and it's something that uh i i would love to see you know this place become you know what was that was the what was the last hot spot you know was it minnesota was it was seattle was it you well know? seattle had its thing yeah um you i mean know? i think i don't i mean obviously nashville is what it is but yeah. that's a very different thing yeah it and is. i love nashville but it's very different you know, this yeah. is, is more of an organic thing that is happening. So, yeah. Um, you know, it, and I, I don't really care if it ever grows up to be any kind of uh, historic hotspot because it is what it is now and it's just right for us. Yeah. You know, in that sense. Like, I don't really want anyone else to find out about it, you know? Yeah. Well, I think everything, it's changed also. You know, back during the time when we were talking Seattle, when we were talking, you know, Paisley Park, Prince, Minnesota, uh, stuff like that, you had these record companies that, you had these record companies that would, like, uh, they Zero would in gravitate. On a scene. They would yeah. grab, right. Mm-hmm. And strangely, strangely enough, okay, uh, shout out to I think Ice Atlanta Cream. went through that in the 90s Atlanta, with REM and right. Black Crows. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Right, Athens, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, John Mayer. Um, you uh austin texas yes kind of started growing in but one funny thing i've got a friend of mine who's got a terrific terrific studio down there uh ice cream factory studios um down there and uh him and i were down there i I recorded there and he's like you know the funny thing about austin texas lots of great places to play live venues really terrific great crowds there is no A&R people down there. Record companies don't go to Austin, Texas. Hmm. Strange. I, well, I feel like record companies are like, well, I don't know because I've never been a record company, but it seems mm. like, like I remember when Denver, had, it's like each little town has its little moment and mm. these guys swoop in because one artist came out of there that got signed and they want to grab it all up, but then right. as soon as they feel like it's cooling off, then they're out. You know, that doesn't mean the town changes or there's less creative energy there. Yeah, I you agree. You know, these guys, you know, they're scary. I, I, in my experience with um, some people like that, I don't want to say that wrong because I know there's a lot of, um, there's, I mean, A&R people are responsible for finding acts. And they're and the ones that are good at it have long careers and they're great at it. And they find the right acts and they support them to the end. And what um, amazing magic that is. And thank God that that happens because that's what's brought us all this wonderful music. But just like anything, just like any career, there's people that are in it for the wrong reason or people that jump on board for a hot minute and try to cash in. And that can not only 
their job usually doesn't last very long, which we've seen. Right. Uh, it also can really hurt the artist, and it yes. can screw them and their career, and it can be very confusing for everybody and for the fans. You know. Yeah, well, like you know, Loudon, you know, Loud, Loudon, Loudon Wainwright. You know, wrote a song about it that uh, you know, and and it's uh, you know, I mean, look. <laughs> You know, we can call it shaking hands with the devil, uh, but there isn't one of us in this room that wouldn't gladly shake hands with the devil. You know, in a way. It's, yeah, I mean, well, we've um, we've made a really we've made a really uh, a serious effort to because we've been through that. You know, we've we've had some good deals and bad deals, um, and our our thing is now we're you know we always with anybody that comes into our lives we want it to be a partnership that benefits both of us. Right, win-win uh, situation. Yeah, and if you know, so we don't we don't see it that way as as far you know every anybody can have bad intentions, good intentions. That could be going to buy a car. That could be you could go buy a burger at the stand down the street, and it could be a shitty burger, or it could be one of my favorite five dollar burgers in Echo Park at Patra is fucking awesome. Right, you know what I mean. Okay, see what I, I and I bring this up, and we're all, we're all sitting here with this sort of. You know, apprehensive look about where is this going to go, and I think that the record companies are doing the same. See, I think we are in a moment of time where there is going to be some really good direction out of this. I believe that I, I believe me. I think that the the record companies have just as much a realization of the fact that. Because of the internet, because of technology and everything, you have these artists that are going out there all of a sudden making blockbuster hits and money without them. That's exactly what I was saying. Right. I mean, and we've had to we've had to take our career into our own hands. We know a lot of bands that have sat around and waited to get signed, and we decided. That's not what we are looking for at all. We're looking to make our art. We're looking to expose our fan base to our journey. We're right. looking to get songs out uh, at, a, at a rate that we don't want to have to depend on anybody else or anybody else's money. And that's been our mantra. And at this, at this point, like, there's no better making it. Well, like, I, right? I see at this point in this climate and, and where we're at, I see it truly as a superpower. Because it literally puts the ball in our court 100% of the time. So if something isn't getting done, that's up to us. That's up to the artist. And I, I think this is an amazing time in history to be an artist because you don't have to wait on someone else to come in and change your life. You can literally... Just believe in your art and put forth that effort and that time and get it done yourself. I was just talking to a band the other day. Uh, he said, Yeah, I got yeah, you know, we're yeah, you know, we're a band and, and we were playing all these sold out shows and we were touring around, really getting some momentum, but then, you know, COVID hit. I thought, Yeah. And I mean to me, the in the position of being an artist, COVID hit, that does not affect we're not just sitting around waiting for, I mean, touring is one aspect of our life. And at one point in Waylon's career, it was out of balance and touring was our whole life. And that's all we did. And we, mm -hmm. that's, you know, mm -hmm. but we started to shift out of that before COVID anyway. And 
uh, not not that we don't want to. I mean, we're, we will always tour. We love touring, but not the three hundred days a year. It was out of balance. It was too much. We weren't making records enough. Right. Our 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 fan base was complaining. Why don't you guys put some new music out? Well, we couldn't because we were too busy touring. That's all we we couldn't. You know, we just got in this weird cycle. So, um, but for us, it's it's been okay. That, so touring is just one piece of the pie. So that's gone. So great. Well, let's dive into everything else. Right. More. If we don't have to, if we can't go out on the road, great. Well, then we'll make more YouTube videos and we'll do more interviews and we'll start this podcast and we'll write more songs and record more songs. And that just is what it is. I mean, Mitch and I decided a long time ago, and it, it was literally a sentence that had to be said out loud that we would do this if we were homeless under a bridge in Los Angeles or if we were playing in arenas all over the world and anywhere in between. I remember an interview with, uh, 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 Joe Strummer and Mick Jones, uh, The Clash, where they, you know, they were just coming out. Everybody was complaining about who the hell they were and everything. And they're 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 on this 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 talk show, and they were like, "Guys, look, I'm sorry. We're musicians. It didn't wouldn't matter if we were doing this. If we weren't doing what we're doing now, we would be in a pub playing." And yeah, and I see some of my favorite yeah. musicians um, that, in my mind, are at a certain level and. No matter where they're at, like they're playing. It, it and it. Butch Walker is one of them that we just really great. He's example. producing Green Day yeah. and Pink and Weezer, yeah. and he goes down to Santa Monica and plays in a dive bar all the time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we play. That's what we do. Guys from Queens of the Stone Age, I know absolutely play out here in little. Oh um, yeah, Dave Grohl does it. He was. He's, you know um, what I mean? Like the bass player was because out, we all love to play. Sat in with me on a set at JT Saloon. Oh, you know, cool. I mean, it's just, and that, you know, and that's that's something weird that you know that never. I was in Los Angeles for four years. I never had those opportunities. Out here, it happens, you know. And yeah, I agree with you. I didn't, you know. I mean, I, I consider myself a bit of a. Johnny come lately, strange anomaly in the sense that, you know, I knew I was a creative person, but I didn't know how, so I got involved in film and television. I've learned that. I did that for 25 years. And uh, I, but I always, you know, always had a guitar. Mm -hmm. Always had a guitar Mm -hmm. in my hand, always had, you know, and, and everything. And it's only honestly within, um, uh, I got to give a shout out to my very, very, very dear friend, Roy Wathen, the Wathen clan, uh, who about 10 years ago, I would say it was, he was, <laughs> it's very strange. I never played music with somebody else. And I've been playing since I was eight or nine years old mm-hmm. until about 16 years ago. Mm. That was the first time Roy was the first musician to sit down with me and actually jam with me. And it just blew, blew up my world. It was like it, it became music became totally something different. And um I cannot I can't not do this. You know, this purges my soul. I don't write songs for anybody else but me and I can't stop writing songs then it's like I will move on to whatever the next thing is with that and if something gets out and somebody likes it hey I'm really fucking glad that's great um you know the same with 
you know, like making music videos. I, um, I, uh, you know, I love the process. I, and, and it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter if it's music or if it's video or if it's painting. I could see that. I could see the if passion and getting right. the right shot, getting the, the thing across that was in your head and in your heart. I could see that passion. In thinking about it, and, you know, I, I, I remember I, I have, you know, where's the drama? You know, what's I, you know, what's going on in the script? What's going on in this, you know, is what determines the size of that shot. Are you is the camera sitting way back here showing a wide shot or do you need to be right up in there in their in their face? You know, well what's the drama? You know, those things that and having that go through my head and everything is it's um it's almost as good as sex. <laughs> I was gonna say that that's the addiction. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's the process. I mean, we can yeah. relate. Finding the right guitar yeah. part mm-hmm. or hearing the vocal lay just right in the mix is like getting that lyric just right, you know. That is a high that is uncom- it's just not comparable to anything else. It's so true. Dustin yeah. Hoffman gave a great example of it when he uh when he accepted the Oscar for I think it was Marathon Man or something and and yeah, yeah. When he, he accepted the Oscar for Marathon Man, because he was talking about uh, um, finding that moment, and finding that moment is the same as like you know you're working on a song and you're going ba da 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 da. No, that's not it. Ba da 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 da. No, that's not it. Ba da 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 da. And it's like, oh, I found that note. Mm-hmm. And in acting, in when you're filming it, when everybody finds that moment, you know that. I shot this thing last night, and I had a moment of that with the uh, uh, actor, Brad Bird. We were doing a thing with him, and we found that. And it's that's it. It's, it's finding that moment, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, dude, I want to thank you so much for coming to the Desert Studio today. I know we really cut into your sleeping time. No. <laughs> a little bit. And that's I okay. mean, just so everybody listening knows, Kurt showed up an hour late today. Yeah. <laughs> we were ready. Oh, my God. It's just so unlike me. It it's okay. You so earned the right. Uh, you've come into our life in the last month and a half, and you've made a, a major impact, and we love the working relationship and we lo- we really yeah. appreciate and love the friendship and uh we just yeah, want to thank too. you for being Definitely. part of our journey and uh you know as as the the pun goes part of uh helping us find our way to be continued absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> this has been another episode of finding our way the official podcast of the band wayland visit www.waylandtheband.com for every 